It's been a while since I've been able to say this is going to be a very special episode, but this is going to be a very special episode. You get to talk to, one way, of course, per usual, you get to hear from would probably be a more accurate way of putting it. Don't worry, I'm a writer and I speak publicly, so words and blurs, they don't have to make sense. So what I'm trying to do here is set the stage for me reporting live on what happened from the driver's seat of a 2012 Prius. Let me just give you a summary of what was going on. Earlier in the week, my wife, for those of you who haven't listened before, congratulations for listening, had been given a role in a film, nine-page scene in a horror film. And for the movie, she needed to be in a bar where she makes out with a guy while she's hanging out with her friends. The premise of the scene is that she's with her friends from college and they are out on the town and they're getting sloppy drunk and I guess they're promiscuous. I don't know. That's what it seemed like in the scene. I mean, there's no sex that I saw. She has to make out with a guy and the director said, because of COVID protocol, could you send us a picture of your husband? For the purpose of this story, she does. And he is just, I mean, the whole crew, they start clapping when they see my picture. It was amazing. It's just like, wow, this is the most beautiful man we've ever seen in our lives. That's not true, but that's the way I'm telling it because I have a microphone. So whatever happened, maybe it was that, they said, yeah, he's perfect to play the guy you make out with. So I'm going to go down there and work with her. Now, I didn't know much about this production. I don't think Gina knew much about this production. It's coming up on Friday. And it's 7 p.m. We're supposed to go there. But Gina's like, you're going to drive me. And uh, she didn't say that demanding. But uh, I was going to drive to Ojai. Now, Ojai is not near us. Go ahead and Google it. It's actually interesting. It was a destination for East Coasters to come during the summer. And, uh, well, I guess they would call it summering. We don't call it that here. But they'd hang out in the warmer climate. It used to be uh, an area where they'd excavate oil. Very, very fascinating place. I did not enjoy it. I actually hated it. And that's the part you're going to listen to. That's it for the fun facts of Ojai. He hated it. But don't feel bad, Ojai. You'll hear in the rest of the show, Jet hates about everything. Now back to psychotherapy with old man Grumpy Gus. Jet Dunlap is quantum 30 and not actually golden in any way, shape, or form. But we get there. I walk in. The guy who is directing it was unbelievably rude, completely inappropriate. And you'll hear about that at the end of the show because now it's me, future Jet, talking to you from what happened the other day. But this is me in real time after meeting this rude director. I knew the production was going to go completely overnight into the next day. And at the end of this episode, I'll tell you how long it actually went. So you're going to hear Jet right after he met this rude director and went back to his car and had no choice but to podcast about his experience. Enjoy. I have been accused of many things, but patience is not one of those. I'm sitting right now in front of someone's house in Ojai, California. And you're thinking right now, if you don't live in, well, California, that's sloppy word writing with my mouth, but where is Ojai? It doesn't matter. It's north. It's like if you went to the ocean and then for some reason went inland and it's in the hills, but it's not fancy like Santa Barbara. Anyway, why am I here? Well, I'm here because Gina, my wife, is going to be in a horror uh, show. I, I don't know what it is. The guy I just asked about what kind of movie it is. It's a movie, by the way. Um, he said it's a six-part anthology. 
which sounds a little uh, stuffy for um, Mr. Jet. And uh, and he said that the whole thing will be 120 minutes or less. So I guess it's like very short six-part thingies. And my wife is, uh, spoiler alert, going to get killed in the first episode or two or something. I don't know. I know that I am here an hour and a half away from my house. So let me give you some detail. Two days ago, Gina did a online table read for this, I don't know what it is. Let's call it a movie. They asked something to the effect of, in the first scene, because basically the scene is these four girls and they're old college friends and I guess they're going out on the town to uh, slut around. Again, this is not my writing. Gina's character's first scene is making out with a guy at a bar. So Gina came over to me and said, hey, listen, the director was suggesting because of COVID protocol and stuff like that, that you be this guy and make out with the bar. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) I am not patient. I am not good with being a minor character in a big production. I'm sitting in my car like one of those jerks who has like kids who play soccer. And again, if you are one of these guys, I'm sorry, I called you a jerk. But I have made large sacrifices in my life to facilitate my ability to not have to do things like this. I'm looking at right now, it's an hour I've been sitting out here. And I mean, they're not even going to shoot till nine. It's not yet nine. And then it's probably going to go all night long. And so I have to sit in this car all night. And you're thinking to yourself, Jet, the social butterfly, why is he not chatting it up with this crew and director? Well, I'll be honest with you, this director, I came in with Gina and I shook hands and I met the other actresses. The director just like shook my hand and went right back to talking to someone else. Like a total one of those moves, right? Now you've listened to this show before and you're thinking, no one does that move on Jet. So, yeah. (laughs) I was not thrilled. I was pouty and upset and all the other things that a person who holds themselves in very high regard uh, would be. But I left Gina inside and I went outside to try and write some stuff, right? That's the word I was looking for. I was I was holding out on the word stuff. Yeah, I just said I was a writer, right? Stuff is the quality. This guy in here, he's got nothing. He couldn't write words like stuff. So I'm sitting in the car fuming a little bit because I've been blown off by this director who's asking me for a favor through my wife to be in a scene for a second to play my wife's whatever. Now, of course, I'm judging this on the fact that I don't like them already. I go inside after I've been sitting for a while and I'm pretty mad and I go in there and I'm like, I'm going to (laughs) leave. Poor girl. And she's all, you know, dressed up and talking and smiling and stuff. And this all makes me very mad. But, you know, that's what we're going to explore here. So I go, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to sit here like a, uh, I'm going to just say it, like an asshole in the parking lot like I'm some kid. I'm not a kid. Here's another thing, by the way. It's in the middle of nowhere. If the middle of nowhere had a rural area, this is where that would be. So not even like downtown nowhere. We're talking about like rural nowhere. And so I'm looking out at the stars and the moon, and I have nothing to do except for like, I guess, sleep. But I don't want to sleep because I'm kind of wired. I'm telling Gina, I'm like, I'm going to go home. And she's 
she's like, well, let me see if I can have your scene pushed up forward. And I'm like, no, forget that. I'm like, he doesn't need me. If he needed me or appreciated the fact that a guy came out here to do a job for free so that he could make his, whatever it is, 120 minute, 19 part series, then I would be appreciated. And I feel that's their responsibility, right? In, in cases where you're doing someone a favor, or at least acknowledge me and speak with me a while or say thank you. So I'm in there talking to Gino while she's in there with the other actresses, and I'm frustrated and I'm, I'm mad. Not at Gina. I feel like there could have been a higher level of communication of what my involvement would be, and I didn't even know how far away it was till today. Is this just me leaving a voicemail on how upset I am? Here's why I want to tell you this story. Right now, I'm sitting outside in the Prius, watching a blinking light on the dash that says something like, let me see if I can see it. It says, key and car, some nonsense. It doesn't actually say that's just a picture. But I'm sitting out here staring at a glowing arc sodium light on their porch, and I'm talking into this because I had to share this emotion. I'm an adjusted guy. I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a, again, you have to put a period there in between the two, or not a period, but a dash, or it would be false representation. I'm a psycho who therapizes unlicensed. And all that stuff, you know me. That's a little bit of my resume. But the real point is, I know how to distance stimulus and response. I am a person who has set myself up to be able to be put in situations where I am annoyed and not react in a way that would be negative for other people, right? But here I am, about as angry and frustrated, let's just say frustrated more because angry sounds like I'm a mean guy, sitting in a car by myself. And I guess I'll get called in eventually to do this little scene where I kiss my wife and then I have to make a huge decision. And this may be totally routine to you. You may be thinking, wow, what a wuss, what a weakling, what a weasel, what a bunch of other things that start with W. <laughs> but I have to think about whether or not I want to drive home an hour and 20 minutes, hang out at my house while staying awake, which I stay up late, but this thing I'm guessing is going to go like well into the morning. And come back another hour and 20 minutes to pick Gina up. So come here like I am now, sit in a car like a jerk, go do my scene, drive home and pick her up like I'm some kind of Uber. And I'm not that. Now, there's another way of looking at this, and this is the problem with me. This is a minor sacrifice for your wife who is putting herself out there and acting. She is getting paid. And... I should be as cooperative and supportive as possible. Now, here's the problem with me. Minor inconveniences are the bane of my existence and why you haven't seen me in two years, if you know me. Because I don't like small talk. I don't like traffic. And I certainly will not be friends with anyone who's not within a five-block radius of me. And even then, you know, call first. But let's put it this way. The mechanism that I have that protects me from being taken advantage of is the one that flares up when these situations come up. Gina's nice and she's helpful and she doesn't need to get paid to do something because she likes helping people out. This is not me. I did that. I paid my dues. You probably didn't even hear an interruption, but uh, Gina just texted me that she's putting her mic pack on And I guess they're going over to the bar. I guess this property has a bar. I haven't seen it. Is there a lesson in this? Gina's great to me. Gina's sweet to me. Gina does everything she's capable of to make me happy. And she loves me very much. And this is me doing a favor. 
I don't know if you can tell tonally that I've changed. This whole situation is eye-opening. I do live in a world of my own design. And I have very few interruptions to that world. Sure, I'm willing to hear other opinions. And I go to school and I work with groups and I know people. And they will not agree with me all the time, I guess. But being put into circumstances or events such as this, where I am at the mercy of someone else in a situation that I don't agree with, right? Which is another component. If this was her on set at Warner Brothers or CBS, then I would conduct myself in the manner that would be fitting for that environment. And I'd understand there's a great deal of money. There's, you know, reasons for everything. Of course, in that situation, I think that if I was brought to set for the same reason, which is not unusual, COVID, they're using a lot of spouses. My guess is I'd be treated differently, right? Is that the point? I mean, I'm allowed to feel the way I feel, right? But I'm not allowed to make it Gina's problem. This is like a remote episode. This is like a uh, on the scene, in the field. I'm wondering if there's going to be a counter to this where I wake up tomorrow or I settle and then I'm thinking, oh my God, I was out of line. What was I thinking? This was the wrong feeling. I'm sober. I count to 10. I meditate. I breathe. I think. But still, moments like this take me sideways and I get mad. Now, you're sitting there in a world where this is the kind of stuff that happens to you every day at work. And you probably don't love that either. But I think one of the biggest luxuries I enjoy is that in exchange for the amount of money you make every year to live in your house or condo, I don't ever have to put up with this. And is that what you want? Is that something that would be more appealing to you than a car or something fancy? Is it that you would love to be in a position where you could be personally offended by having to wait for something? I mean, not the offended part, but be able to have the luxury of having a life that is so much of your making that you are thoroughly unaccustomed to not being treated like royalty. Now, where I feel I have a saving grace here, because I keep on having to defend myself, I don't have to, but I am, is that I don't demand someone treat me like anything. And I'm not here to interrupt Gina's production, but I'm frustrated. (laughs) I tried writing. I think I told you that before. I tried to do it on my phone. Oh my God, if I could just show you this place right now. Maybe I'll take a picture of it and make an episode's image. Yeah, it is It is like a place to put you to sleep angry. Do you think that was the design of this neighborhood? I don't think that was it. I think I might just be internalizing. I'm a baby. <laughs> Gaga goo goo. I am a baby. And this attitude of mine probably does more harm than I'm aware And I was not aware of how strongly I felt this way till the moment I walked out of this house like a jerk to go sit in my car like a jerk. Yeah, not my personality. We will see what happens. Stay tuned for the B side of this unusual episode, but I haven't had an opportunity to do one where it was raw honesty in the moment for a while. Most of the time it's stream of consciousness and I'm feeling feelings as they come, but I'm not putting myself in this situation 
where the resonance of my emotional spike that is, in this case, most likely unwarranted could serve as an example for you guys. So I hope you appreciate the sacrifice I'm making by gifting you this annoyed little girl that I am. Nothing against little girls, but I'm acting like a spoiled little child. Okay, guys. So I should have told you before that I recorded this on an iPhone, just leaning back in my car in Ojai. I don't think I'm going to be asked to join the tourism board of Ojai anytime soon. I think I'll be able to live with that. So I'm in my car. I was blown off in a way that now when I look back or even talk to Gina was completely rude. It wasn't inappropriate the way I reacted. If you're asking someone to make a movie and someone like myself, you are extra nice to them. If you're asking for a favor from anyone, especially in film, someone who's not brand new to the industry, I've been in the Screen Actors Guild for 12 years, you are polite. He's also working with my wife. So if I was in his position, which I have been as a director, I would have been very nice to the husband and said, thank you so much for allowing us to have your beautiful wife be a part of this film. Appreciate you so much for coming out. We understand your time is valuable and you're handsome. And I hear you have a show. Can I listen to it right now? Something to that effect. This is a favor. Be nice. He literally did one of those talking to someone in the kitchen, looks back at me, gives me a half-ass handshake, and then just goes back to his conversation. Completely rude. And this was consistent the rest of the night. But you're thinking to yourself, how did it go with the bar scene? Was that at the same location? Of course it had to have been. It wasn't. It was at a bar in downtown Ojai. It was at a different place I had to drive down, and I'm doing this kissing scene with Gina. He has not prepared me. He hasn't done anything with me. He hasn't talked to me. We go down there. He's so nonchalant, walking around like he has been doing this for 100 years and he's super experienced. He's not. So I go in. I do my scene. He's not even looking through the monitor. The scene was me making out with this one girl and then Gina trying to pull me away from her and then her trying to pull me away from Gina. They did it three times. More of the direction came from the women in the scene than the director. After that, I'm going to go home and thank God I did because you know what time Gina got home the next day? 8 a.m. This was an over 12-hour shoot, and she was getting paid a flat rate. So were the other girls. A note that is huge for those of you who are in the film and television industry, this was not a safe set. I'm not going to say the name of the city again, but you know where it was. There's a really dangerous windy road that goes there, and he's going to have a bunch of people who are going to be awake for over 24 hours, and he just doesn't care. You know, He also is killing Gina and I think another girl in this. So they have all this really gory makeup on, and it's a really physical thing. She's doing stunts. He has no consideration for this. So I couldn't sleep when I got home. I watched a movie and then I dozed off every once in a while, but at least every hour I kept waking up. I was worried she would not be safe driving home. A girl was going to give her a ride. That's why I was able to go home early. It was fine, I guess, on her side. She's not as judgmental of the production crew as I would be because I've been on both sides. He was a real jerk. That's the point of this episode. He was a real jerky jerk jerk and uh, don't watch his movie. I'll maybe put some clips of Gina out. She got home and I had a talk with her. Now, here's the part of the show that's important. Did I make Gina's night miserable? Because that would have been very 20-year-old me. I used to do that. If someone was rude to me or my girlfriend, I would just put that person on blast, as we used to say. I would just go off. I couldn't hold myself back. And at one point when this guy blew me off again when we got to the bar where he should have thanked me. By the way, he did not thank me at all the entire evening for coming out there hour and a half both ways on a Friday night. Didn't thank me at all. 
But Gina thought I was going to yell at him, and you could tell she was a little anxious about this. And I said, Gina, I'm a grown man. I'm not going to do this. You know how I feel, but I can control myself, and I'll hold myself back because, you know, I love you, and this is your deal, and I want to help you, and it is not about me. And if I made it about me, it would just be my ego, and that's not what I'm here for. Gina got home at 8 a.m. She was tired. She's a woman of few words. She said it was fine. The makeup was exhausting. The girls fell asleep inside the house. Obviously, he was trying to milk the least amount of money possible. He still hasn't paid her. He should have paid her right at the end of the night. When you're an independent director, that's how you do it. Now, I hope this doesn't come back to haunt me. If I have production issues in the future paying you, please don't use this as evidence. It's production's fault. But I intend on always paying my actors right away. Here's the point of this story. Most people wouldn't get on a recording device and talk out their feelings. There may be a part in this story that you heard where you think, wow, he's inappropriate. Grow up. I'm giving you real-time sensations of what I feel. And what I felt at the moment was more dramatic than I felt an hour later, two hours later, but I even alluded to it. So what I'm trying to do with this episode is get you to understand how to break down maybe not your anger, but your anxiety, your depression, your whatever feeling you have, have this conversation with yourself. And if you have to, you know, verbally record it, hey, that's pretty cheap. Therapists are going to charge you 200 something dollars an hour. Not me. I'll give you a discount. Coupon code OHI sucks. Sorry, OHI. My point is, this is another example, like I said in the last episode, of why this show is valuable to you. In case you didn't know, I'm having a conversation with myself. That is how I diffuse a situation from becoming inappropriate. And unlike something that may have happened when I was in my 20s, which you know was not too long ago, I made sure that it did not diminish Gina's experience, which was the whole purpose of this event. How many times have we been on either side of being a spouse, a friend, a brother, a sister, a child, a mother, a father, has that covered all the bases? Where someone has blown up or someone has done something and you're just like, ugh, they never considered my feelings. I was proud of the fact that I did that. I had feelings, I was in a bad mood, but I didn't let that affect Gina. Now, here's the other point that's important. I also didn't sit on those feelings. I didn't just stew and hold a grudge against my wife as if she was the one who did this to me. I didn't get mad at this guy silently and then just be a pain in the neck the rest of the weekend because I have this anxious anger on my chest. I got it off by doing this. But if I hadn't have done the recording, I would have just talked it out in my head or written it down. I used to keep a journal a lot more often when I wasn't doing the show. That is my advice. I hope you like the production value of this episode. I really tried to kick it up a notch. Bam! Was that the guy, uh, Emerald Fugazi? Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something. Don't be a rude director. When the movie comes out, I will recommend you only watch Gina's scene and I'll try and send it to you so this guy gets absolutely no residual payment whatsoever for when it streams on Amazon. And that's not vindictive or <laughs> that's not bitter. That's just, you know, me being a really great, wonderful guy. Thank you so much for listening. You looked into my eyes, you held my hand, and you walked down the live on the scene psychopath tonight. I'm out of those good old-fashioned words. You're the best. Have a great week. When you get mad, sad, or whatever it is, do this. This is an example of distancing stimulus and response. Have a great night. Thanks.
The views and opinions of this episode have nothing to do with Gina Dunlap. She had nothing to do with this conversation. She doesn't feel the same way he does, and please don't let this affect her career in any way. Jed is a very angry person due to the things that happened to him in his past. If you want to know more about that, please go to his episodes starting from one. And don't forget, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not the real thing. That was a commercial from like the 80s that I was too young to have seen. But Micro Machines are not a sponsor, and they're not a thing anymore. So we'll end here. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time. If you enjoyed today's episode like and subscribe and remember if you don't like and subscribe the crazy guy who just did this episode where he went on a 30 minute rant about some guy he met once could be you i could find out you didn't like and subscribed and i could make an entire episode about my feeling of you not liking and subscribing so if you don't want to be that please do that subscribe like thing. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time. Chet Dunlap is quantum 30, not actually golden in any way, shape, or form.